You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 16th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. I'm an expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Magic are playing musical chairs with their point guards. We'll talk about the Magic's newest acquisition. We'll chat a little bit about what the Magic might have learned from their road trip and why that lesson is still very hard to see. And some final words on Nikola Vucevic, as he's been a topic of major discussion on many different facets. I'll give you my take on what the Magic should do with Nikola Vucevic here coming up in just a moment. Before we do any of that, I do want to mind you all you check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. By searching Gravity Download Podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the New York Knicks after their win over the Atlanta Hawks? Check out Locked On Knicks. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Don't forget, too, to check out our last three episodes of Locked On Magic, where Stuart Hodge came onto the show and, and kind of asked me questions, put me on the spot a little bit. If you want some clearer answers on my takes on Mo Bamba, the upcoming draft, and the trade deadline, go down, go into our archives and download Locked On Magic from Thursday, Friday, and Monday. A three-parter. Plus, you get to relive those wonderful games that they played in the meantime. Check it out wherever you download podcasts. Search for Locked On Magic. The Atlanta Magic's point guard position has um, obviously been a, a bit of a mess. Um, maybe maybe that's an understatement. Um, but since Markel Fultz went out, the Magic have been severely undermanned at point guard. Michael Carter-Williams has been out since early January, or was out since early January until last week, leaving the Magic with just one natural point guard on the roster. And they tried a whole bunch of different things to make it work. Um, they tried Aaron Gordon as the backup point guard, and then when he sprained his ankle, they cut Jordan Bone, brought Frank Mason in, a former G League MVP, and, and then things actually got worse from there. The Orlando Magic played much of the last week, much of this West Coast road trip, with just one active point guard on the roster. Actually, they, they played a good chunk of it without any active point guards on the roster. When Cole Anthony strained his shoulder against the Portland Trailblazers last Tuesday, the Magic were left with just Frank Mason as a point guard, a guy who'd been with the team for less than a week. Then in the first quarter against the Golden State Warriors on Thursday, with no other point guards available on the roster, he strained his hamstring, and he was uh, done for the trip. And apparently now done for the team. The Magic did get Michael Carter-Williams back, but they've been using Michael Carter-Williams as their starter with Dwayne Bacon and Terrence Ross playing point guard off the bench, and... To call it less than ideal is being charitable. Um, the Magic have had to run very, very basic sets, and that was the case with Frank Mason anyway, but at least Mason understood how to kind of guide and, and, and lead a team. Michael Carter-Williams' return after struggling for good chunks of the game against the Warriors, um, despite some incredible energy, 
Um, Michael Carter-Williams' return really did change things for the Orlando Magic. Having a point guard who could organize a team and just bring the ball up and initiate offense and know when to attack and what how to play was such a huge, huge thing. Huge thing. It really did make the difference in that win over the Sacramento Kings. And the Magic are hoping to get some of that later on in the game, not just with the starting group because Michael Carter-Williams is still on a bit of a minute restriction. So the Orlando Magic got home and they have decided to flip their second, their two-way contract players. The Orlando Magic cut Frank Mason and signed Chasen Randall, uh, who was playing for the OKC, OKC Blue in the in the bubble um, down at Disney. That's the, the G League bubble. I, people are trying to make that work, and I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Um, they signed Chasen Randall, a guy who's played about 78 games, a little bit more than 1,000 minutes, averaging about five points per game. Guy who's averaged more than 20 points per game in every single year that he's been in the G League. It's another one of these guys who have had a cup of coffee in the NBA. It's not that Jason Randall hasn't had some success, but he's been in the NBA long enough that it's probably not going to work, but he's still too good to be in the G League. He's still one of the best G League point guards there is. This is all to say that, no, do not expect Jason Randall to change the Magic's fortunes. Do not expect him, just like with Frank Mason, to tip this team back over the top. You know, maybe he can. I'm, I'm not saying he can't, but he's not a particularly great shooter. Um, he's a decent shooter, not a great shooter. I think Frank Mason's probably a better three-point shooter. Um, he's good at getting to the basket. He has better size than Mason. Mason was listed, I believe, at six feet. He's not six feet. Randall's listed at six three. Um, he's a scorer. He can get buckets, which, you know, off the bench, I think is kind of what you're looking for. But... This is not some earth-shattering move. This is not some move that's designed to get the Magic back into the playoff hunt. That's only going to happen when Marco Fultz comes back, probably, or certainly when Cole Anthony comes back. This is a Band-Aid. Just like the Frank Mason move was a Band-Aid, this is just to get the Magic through. The Magic had only eight players available for Sunday's game against the Phoenix Suns, and the fatigue of that plus having only eight players available in, in uh, for the end of the Portland game, having only eight players available, uh, or nine players available, essentially, for the, or eight players, I think it was eight players, for the game, uh, it ended up, it was nine players at the beginning, it ended up being eight players in the game against Golden State, and then only, uh, again, only nine players, which became eight again when James Ennis got hurt, available in the win over Sacramento. It is exhausting to play with just eight men. Playing with nine, playing with nine men where everyone plays, is still going to be a lot. It's still going to be very, very tough. So this is about stability. This is about being able to play players in their natural positions, keep them in their comfort zone just a little bit, and give them the opportunity and the chance to play. Just play. Honestly, just play. Instead of having to think and do something that they are not used to doing. Jason Randall's going to have to learn the offense pretty quickly, just like Frank Mason did. But the Magic just need a body at this point. They need warm bodies. And a two-way player that's injured is, frankly, pretty useless, especially at this stage that the Magic are at. The Magic do get a body. And again, Jason Randall is certainly capable. He's got plenty of NBA experience. He's kind of been on the fringe of the NBA and the G League for a long, long time. But this is about just staying stable. 
certainly the Magic need it with a tough Knicks team coming in, with the Warriors coming back in town. <laughs> they, they just needed to play. And hopefully the day off on Monday gave everyone a chance to reset the batteries, get a little bit of rest before practice Tuesday to get organized, relearn the offense again with, with Randall, and get set for the grind to begin again with these final three weeks before the midpoint of the season. So welcome, Chase and Randall. You're going to get plenty of playing time here. Don't screw it up. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about what the Magic learned on their West Coast road trip coming up here in just a moment. But first, if you live here in Orlando, if you live here in Central Florida, uh, it's hard to go anywhere without your car. Your car is pretty much your livelihood. Um, you know, Yes, you're sitting in I-4 traffic a ton, but taking care of your car is a necessity if you're going to live in this state. And so if you're someone that takes care of your car yourself and goes out and, and wants to treat your car right, check out rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, so quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start today with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Usually, I write this column every single year because it usually happens a little bit earlier in the season, but the first West Coast road trip to me is always one of the most important road trips of the season. It's where we learn a lot about the team. It's where we kind of see how they're coming along as a group and 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 really what they're going to rely on, the identity of the team. It's never necessarily about the team's record, per se, although that is important, um, as it can determine which direction the season will go. A strong West Coast road trip, like a 4-0 or winning road trip, certainly suggests that the team will make a strong stand, while a losing road trip is disheartening and disappointing. But usually what, what I look for in these kind of road trips is to see what does this team rely on? What do, this, what do these players rely on? when everything is against them. Um, again, like I always say, the regular season is about consistency. It's about what you can do every single day, every single night, every single game. That's what the regular season is about. And nowhere is that more apparent than on these West Coast road trips, where, again, it's just the team together and nothing else. It's fatigue setting in. What do they rely on? This road trip, obviously, was not a normal one. The Magic go 1-3. Injuries, again, the main story, as they have been all season. It's really hard to 
judge. I mean, obviously, the losses matter. Obviously, the, the number of defeats piling up, you know, sending the Magic further down the standings hurts. Magic are, I think, two games out of the final spot in the play-in tournament. They're not out of it, but they've got ground to make up. And a 1-3 and road trip only makes it harder, even with a home-heavy run to the end of the first half of the season. This road trip especially was very difficult to find positive takeaways or any takeaway at all because the team the Magic are fielding is not their team. No offense to the guys that are playing. No offense to the roles that they've had to take on. This isn't the Orlando Magic, and they know that. As Steve Clifford has said several times over the last few days or after the last few games, the goal right now is to try and steal some wins while they're dealing with these injuries so that when they are healthy again, they'll be in a position where they can make a run, where they'll be, again, playing better, finding their way to play, adding new guys in, and able to push their way you know, up the Eastern Conference standings. It's not like it's hard. It's not like the East is running away with them, running away from them. They have every opportunity still to accomplish their goals, and that's very clearly what the Magic are trying to do. But again, injuries make it really hard to judge much of anything. Still, despite a 1-3 and three road trip, the, the Magic were oddly optimistic. Um, you know, certainly there's frustration that they haven't been able to get some of these wins, but understanding, too, of why. Probably not an excuse. Probably not, you know, begrudging acceptance, if anything that injuries have played a major role and the Magic have had a lot to figure out and a lot to overcome, a lot more than normal. Still, if there was a positive that came from this road trip, it's that the team took some important steps forward. That this team began, in some respects, to resemble the Orlando Magic that we know and love or that this team is accustomed to being. Steve Clifford pointed out after Sunday's loss that the Magic's defense was better than it has been in the past. And there is something to back that up. In the last four games, the Orlando Magic had a 109.8 defensive rating. That is the 11th best mark in the league during that time. Now, that is not anything to write home about. I'm not saying to be satisfied or to accept that as a good thing. The Magic still lost you know, their games. They still struggled to score. And, and I think Clifford thinks the defense would be under better control if they were making shots. And I think there's something to that too. But it's certainly better than the 112.3 defensive rating that they have this season that put, places them in the bottom 10. Playing these last four games with a with a, a defensive rating better than than uh, three points per 100 possessions better than what their season average is is certainly a positive sign. And again, you don't need the numbers to tell you this. Look at watch those games. The Magic were playing better defense. Their defensive effort and consistency was a lot better. Again, the big thing is they struggle to make shots, and that creates fast break opportunities. They're having a bit of a turnover problem this year where they're turning the ball over a lot more than they were the last two years. That's led to easy shots and that's put them in the hole. But 
while this is positive, well, I think this is good, while this is a sign that the Magic are taking steps in the right direction and making progress that you want to see for when those players get back healthy. It's not that it's fool's gold, but this is still a results business. This is still about wins and losses. This is still about finding ways to beat your opponent. And at the end of the day, that's the only stat that matters. And the fact of the matter is, the Magic lost three of these four games. And the fact of the matter is, and each of those losses, and again, excepting the Sacramento game, which the Magic played a really good 48-minute effort, which they, they have not been able to duplicate. In all of those losses, there were moments where everything just collapsed. The Magic played about 40 good minutes. But this is the NBA. You need 48. Against Portland, Orlando got off to a slow start. Had a really poor second quarter that dug them a deep hole. And while that game never got fully away, it was, you know, it was 20 in the second quarter, but Orlando brought it to within, I think, 13 at the half. It stayed at 13-15 the entire second half. The Magic played them even except for that eight-minute stretch. Against Golden State, the Magic were in control for much of the game until the fourth quarter when they gave up a 16-0 run, which they were unable to bring back under control. A lot of missed shots in in that time, but also some defensive lapses as well. And then against the Phoenix Suns, the Magic laid an egg from the start, missing 12 of their first 13 shots for sure, which fed Phoenix's fast break, but not playing strong defense in the first quarter, combined with their poor shooting, and even though they played them even, and even though that game was hardly a blowout with Phoenix, but Phoenix still coasted to the end. The Magic might be playing better, but in the grand scheme of things, it is still not enough. And maybe that's the unfortunate lesson that we learned from this road trip. That yes, the Magic are still showing signs, they're still fighting, they're still competing, they're still playing hard, but it's not going to be enough every night. I do think that we're going to have to accept that there will be blowouts. I do think about the Heart and Hustle team. If you go back and look at that Heart and Hustle team from 1999 to 2000, they lost a lot of blowouts. I mean, their talent deficit was real. Energy and effort gets you only so far. It got them very, very far. Much farther than this Magic team is right now, but this, that, that team didn't have the injuries this Magic team does. But it's going to take a little bit more. And frankly, it's getting hard to ask much more from this team. I'm going to talk a little bit about Nikola Vucevic on this day that all-star voting closes and answer and answer re-answer some of the questions that I've been getting online coming up here in just a moment. But first, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. NASCAR is back at Daytona this weekend after that exciting finish with the 101 winner. You can get in on the action on the always unpredictable road course. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Again, that is a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online. They're your online sportsbook experts. 
2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with the boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Tuesday is the last day of NBA All-Star voting, and I will encourage everyone to hashtag vote Vooch. Nikola Vucevic is an all-star in my book. Um, the only thing that I think keeps him out is, frankly, the Magic's poor record. But he has poured in an incredible number. His statistics are all incredible. He's among the most efficient centers in the league, and frankly, just carrying this team with all the injuries that they faced this year and doing it without seemingly any complaint. You know, maybe the refs in the Clippers game would disagree. Um, but seemingly without any complaint, um, and, and just going about his work is, is certainly admirable. And, you know, I've certainly talked about this year how Vucevic has really cemented his place in Magic history. Um, Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic's numbers compare favorably, if not better, than all his competition, which certainly includes Bam Adebayo, Miles Turner, and Julius Randle of the New York Knicks. Um, but it's just going to come down to the coaches. I will again encourage everyone to hashtag vote Vooch on this final day of all-star voting. Um, but let's be real, he's not in the top 10. He's not getting voted into the all-star game, at least by the fans. Vucevic was always more likely to be voted in as reserve, where certainly co- opposing coaches have a lot more respect for him and what he does than the average fan. And they'll, they certainly understand how good Vucevic has been this year. And it has truly been a historic season for Nikola Vucevic, even if the Magic's record does not reflect that. But inevitably, when you have a season like the Magic are having, you begin to think a little bit more about the future. You begin to think a little bit more about what comes after. How to fix the problems that made this season possible. Certainly, as we said at the top of the show, injuries are the main culprit. That this team is really... Just a collection of battered, broken, beaten bodies right now. There's barely enough players to even field a functioning team. If the Magic are destined to have a high lottery pick, which feels very likely, we will probably be able to blame injuries more than anything else. But that doesn't mean that change is not necessary. That does not mean that the Magic should sit still once again. Undoubtedly, the Magic have to be willing to make moves now. With Jonathan Isaac and Marco Fultz's contracts getting ready to kick in, their extensions ready to kick in, and Evan Fournier meeting unrestricted free agency, certainly the Magic have to be considering moves everywhere on the roster. And I certainly think that they are. The trade deadline is March 25th. It is a ways away at this point, but not so far. And obviously, there are already fans thinking about what moves the Magic will make. As I said in our conversation with uh, Stuart Hodge, what I think will happen at the trade deadline is the Magic will probably trade Evan Fournier at the trade deadline. Um, even if the Magic are still relatively close, I think that they'll aim to get uh, a player that kind of can slot into Fournier's spot in the lineup, plus hoping to get a late first-round pick or a, lottery, or a protected first-round pick for Fournier. Maybe they have to attach Kim Birch to get that done. Would not surprise me if Fournier and Birch are packaged at the deadline for some package, for something like that. Um, again, sending them to a contending team that needs their services probably a lot more than the Magic do. 
I think that the Magic probably wait until the offseason to really test the Aaron Gordon trade market, but it would not surprise me if he is on the board. The one player that I don't think is on the board, though, is Nikola Vucevic. If there's one thing that Nikola Vucevic has done this year, just like he did in his All-Star season two years ago, it's to prove just how valuable he is to the team. There is a lot of Nikola Vucevic trade talk. There are fans that are ready to move on completely from the Rob Hennigan era and see Vucevic as a representation of the worst era of Magic basketball. And that's fair. I can understand that, even if that's not Vucevic's fault. Those, that argument, though, doesn't carry water for me. I, I don't think you trade a player just to trade a player. We heard Bill Simmons and Kevin O'Connor spitballing on Bill Simmons' podcast about a potential Nikola Vucevic trade to the Celtics. And true, the Celtics have supposedly been after Nikola Vucevic for several years, but have been unable to swing the kind of deal the Magic would want. And to be sure, the kind of offer the Celtics are making is not the kind of deal the Magic would take. That much I know to be true. Um, you know, uh, uh, Matt Moore of of uh, the Action Network pitched a you know pitched a what would it take for the Boston Celtics to acquire Nikola Vucevic deal? And again, this is something that everyone is talking about. Not that there's any legitimate reporting to it, but everyone is talking about the Celtics trying to get a, another a shooting center, and Nikola Vucevic is probably as good as there is. And my response to him was this: not to put. Not to douse the fire of this thought exercise. The Magic probably aren't doing that deal unless Jalen Brown is involved. Bill Simmons and Kevin O'Connor settled on a package that centered on Grant Williams, uh, Peyton Pritchard, and Aaron Neesmith. Maybe with some first-round picks involved, too. That didn't do it. That won't do it. A lot of people have suggested Kemba Walker. Well, I think that is getting close to what the Magic would do. I don't think that does it either because, again, the Magic have Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. They're very heavily invested at point guard. They don't need to bring another one in even as talented as Kemba Walker is unless they're giving up one of those point guards in the process too. This is all to say that Nikola Vucevic is about as untouchable as a player can be on the Magic roster. I'm not saying he's untouchable. I'm not saying the Magic won't listen to offers. But for the Magic to trade Nikola Vucevic, their all-star, their best player, it would take a significant return. Not an impossibly significant return, but a starting caliber player that can help fill what they lose from trading him. Plus, probably other assets or other players, unless the Magic are trying to trade up in a Nikola Vucevic trade. It's either going to cost them a first-round pick or they need to be getting a first-round pick back in return. But this gets to the very heart of what the Magic might be trying to accomplish at the trade deadline. And this is why Nikola Vucevic is so valuable to the team and why I don't think he is available in a trade. At the end of the day, the Magic want to compete. The Magic don't want to be in the lottery another year. They're not looking to rebuild. If the Magic wanted to rebuild, they would have taken young players. They would have taken castoffs. They would have taken first-round picks this offseason. There were plenty of first-round picks being traded this offseason to go around. But that's not what the Magic are interested in. The Magic view this season, if it is, if they're going to miss the playoffs this season, they don't view this as something permanent. They're going to be back next year with Marco Fultz, with Jonathan Isaac, with Chuma Okiki in his second year, with Cole Anthony in his second year, with their draft pick, 
which looks like it'll be in the top five or top six in a loaded draft. They feel that core is enough to compete, especially in this Eastern Conference. Add the right veterans in addition, and certainly we can argue that. But it doesn't work without Nikola Vucevic. As much as there is that contingent of fans that want to move on from Nikola Vucevic and kind of turn the page on this era, Nikola Vucevic still provides a huge stabilizing force to this team. He is a safe outlet offensively. He is reliable. He is consistent. You know exactly what you're getting from Nikola Vucevic every single night. And if his game continues to grow and expand as it has over the last three years, even at 30 years old, there's plenty of suggestion to think that he will get better. He's leading the league this year in, in uh, jump and points off of pick and rolls. He's the most efficient shooter from the top of the key on three-pointers. His postgame is as efficient as it has ever been this year, this year. And sure, that might be having a career year, but we all said that two years ago and we slipped a little bit. There were plenty of people ready to jump on his grave. He got better at age 30, and his game will age well. The Magic are in no rush to trade Nikola Vujic. In fact, it's not something that I think they should be actively considering. Because with all those players coming back and the uncertainty that each one of them brings, we don't know what Jonathan Isaac's health is going to be like. We don't know what Marco Fultz's health is going to be like. We don't know what they're going to be like. And it takes a full year after coming back from an ACL injury to get back to full strength anyway. We don't know what these players will be like. And so keeping the one constant matters. Look at this year's team. Where would they be without a player like Nikola Vucevic? Well, they'd very clearly be the worst team in the league. A team without any hope, without any prospects for the future. Nikola Vucevic is probably not the player that leads this team to a championship. He probably shouldn't be your number one offensive option. No one is here to debate that. But what we can say is that Nikola Vucevic makes this team better. And as those other players graduate into bigger roles, as they come back from injury, as they find their place in the NBA, Nikola Vucevic is there to give them the base to stand on. And that's why Nikola Vucevic is not on the table for the Orlando Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search or tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.